All right, this week we have kind of the um, spiritual successor to our episode about Trade Martin. Um, this is sort of like Adventures in Trump Brain Boomer Music Part 2. We discovered another um, folk artist who is doing work in the same realm of, you know, just geriatric, mind-melted, pro-Trump kind of patriotic music. It's being like one of millions of guys like this who are extremely old and racist and they love Donald Trump and they watch Fox News all day, but some of them have this vestigial ability to make music because they were in like a barbershop quartet in 1958. And so they process it through that. Yes. I think this guy's interesting though, because at least Trade Martin, he played on like real albums. Like he played with like Isley Brothers and he did that uh, um, Dusty Springfield song. Like he was a musician. This guy, I think he has like only the slightest idea of how to make music. You know? This is what like uh, pretentious rock critics would call like outsider music. You know, like, like they would, uh, like they would, I don't know, I'm trying to think of examples, but like Jad Fair, like half Japanese, the Shags, like this falls definitely in the camp of that. It does. I think like it, I'm more willing to accept that this is like American folk music than like Fleet Foxes, you know? 100%. Yeah. It's more real to the experience. Fleet Foxes is just like pop, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is like literally folk music where this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. Which is like a common experience right now. So, yeah, he's not, uh, this guy's yeah. not singing about uh, riding on trains and, you know, picking your sweetheart the shiniest, juiciest red apple from the apple tree uh, before you go back to work at the coal mine. He's he's singing about real shit. <laughs> yeah, this is real contemporary folk about making America great and eating at Waffle House and eating Goya beans and uh, buying a My Pillow from the My Pillow guy. Hugging your children. Yeah. <laughs> there are only so many products you can buy. You end up just buying My Pillows over and over. That's something that amazes me because that's basically the only advertiser on Fox News now. Like everyone else has withdrawn from Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram and all those people because it's too much of a it's not worth the trouble yeah it's a yeah. liability but the my pillow guy is still in there but it seems like everyone that would have bought a my pillow has already seen the ad since it's airing 500 times a day on the same channel and i don't know if people are like if they have dementia in their they forget they have a my pillow so every <laughs> time they see the ad they pick up the phone and order it I don't know how the business model works. Maybe you can get them to buy it for their kids and their grandchildren and et cetera. You could really milk them. Um, that kind of, to me, this is an argument we should maybe get into later on once we've heard a few of his songs, but I get the impression because he makes songs about like the Fox news advertiser du jour, that this guy is not like a QAnon guy yet. He's a pure, he's like an old school Fox news brain dead conservative, you know? When he starts writing song, when he writes a song called um, "Have You Have You Kissed a Mole Child Today," you know, yeah. <laughs> um, or like they're eating uh, baby blood, um, then then we've lost him, you know. But he, he's he's in a pure state right now. Yeah, his internet usage seems to be very limited. Like he'll upload a song. He he makes Facebook posts, but he uploads yeah, he a song a to YouTube. And they all have the same uh, description, which is like, this is a song that I recorded on such and such date using three-part vocal harmony. Yeah, he like copies and pastes that same description to every video. <laughs> it's almost like it could be like a, like a, an adult child or like a caregiver or something doing it for him. I don't know. But uh, either way, yeah, I don't think he's like tech-savvy enough to be like... In contact with Q people. Yeah, that's for his own good. He probably doesn't need to use the internet any more than he does. He's using it like the exact right amount. Just enough to share amazing work with us, but not enough to have to like interact with anybody. Yeah, not, not enough to dip his brain into the poison well, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe before we listen to the first song, we should um, 
I mean, anyone who listened to the stream we did has already heard this guy, but for people who haven't, I think it's worth describing his music before we get to it just a little. Yeah. Um, it's like late 50s pop music, doo-wop, barbershop stuff uh, put through very basic 80s arrangements and instrumentation like you would have seen in commercial music or like instructional video music at the time. Mm -hmm. And then he uses this vocal effect, which automatically harmonizes with him. I don't know if it's an automatic harmonizer plug-in. It, it's like major triads that go along with what he's singing. I don't know if it's automatic or if he's copying his vocal tracks and then repitching them all manually, but it's one of the yeah. weirdest vocal effects I've ever heard. That's the biggest ongoing debate among us. Yeah. The details. How he gets that effect. It's it's super disturbing. And some of the like I wouldn't maybe call them choices for the harmonies, but some of the <laughs> like the melodic outcomes. Uh and the music too reminds me of uh like maybe three or four years ago, there was a, uh, a lab that was working on an AI uh, that would just compose songs from, from whole cloth, like just from nothing, you know? And uh, there was this one song called Mr. Shadow that they, that they kind of unleashed on the public and were like, Hey, look at what our AI wrote. And it's really one of the most disturbing things I've ever heard. It really does sound like an alien intelligence trying to, please you with a song that it wrote and it's just all the harmonies are wrong like the melodies yeah. take these and the vocals just the insane like, left turns that are just unpleasant and yeah and there's like human voice sounds but there's no words you know yeah they're not there yet i think they could if if they could replicate a human brain in a computer which i don't think we can do yet i don't think we've reached that stage of complexity or at least not, like, in a way that can replicate the human brain and not just, like, do math problems really fast. But we're not there yet. I mean, So everything is just... It's, like, it's so primitive. It's almost like the those automatons in the 1800s. Yeah, it's the mechanical Turk of, of, <laughs> of like... Like, it's just so obviously yeah. not ready for consumption. Yeah. Although, I will say, the, the more recent, like, batch of AI-produced songs uh, were all specifically uh, centered around certain singers. So there was an Elvis song, a Katy Perry song, and a really incredibly disturbing... Um, and they had lyrics, too, but, like, a, a super disturbing... Huh. Uh, uh, Frank Sinatra song called "It's Christmas Time" bracket "It's Hot Tub Time." <laughs> is, have to check that out another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, was he a hot tub guy? I don't. But well, I mean, they fed the AI everything on Frank Sinatra and all of his music, and the AI uh, was like, "Okay, uh, I'm Frank Sinatra. I'm writing a song. It's about Christmas. I love hot tubs." He seems like he would be like a sauna guy, maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe more. I don't know about a hot tub. That was kind of before his time or after his time. Yeah, exactly. Well, because of the inadequacy of purely AI made music, that's why we got to have John Acapinti to take us to that headspace. Yeah, fly me away. So maybe John. we maybe we should get into uh, this hit from him called "Make America Great Again." Mm. This shit rocks. It does. Well, pretty normal so far. Yeah, everything's trying. Nice, nice little uh, pre-made loops that he found in his DAW. I like that sax guitar. Yeah. The videos are... Ah. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There's that Acapinti sound. Yeah. Bands all over the country are, are getting him on the phone like, Give me that sound. There was Ronald, there was Donald. I want this guy to produce the next War on Drugs record. <laughs> he could probably work with the Animal Collective and they'd get along. Absolutely. I love that he 
says that Reagan said tear down that wall and Trump says let's build the wall. Yes. And he doesn't see any like dissonance there at all. <laughs> Just two it's like, completely oh, yeah, unrelated both, things about walls. They both like walls. Like it, those are kind of opposite things. There's another line where he's like both were former Democrats. <laughs> The videos are a slideshow of conservative memes, I guess, or pictures of Ronald Reagan or pictures of Donald Trump doing the Ken Burns effect, but at 10 times speed. Yes. Yeah, it's so funny. See, that's why I think the way he makes his videos gives you an idea of how he makes his music, because he just sets one Ken Burns thing and then he uses it for every song he's ever done. And like the vocal harmonizer has to be the same way, but there's just one setting he has that he just plops in there. Yeah, he's found a formula that works and he's sticking with it. Yeah, like Beach House. Yes, <laughs> or the Ramones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Dom's <laughs> coming back. <laughs> You can hear the primitive, like, uh, plug-in just struggling to uh, pitch his shit. Yeah, there's a weird fake vibrato on it, too. Yeah. Yeah, do you think that's, um, do you think that's on purpose, or do you think that's the the plug-in trying to, like, get him to stick to semitones? I don't know. Yeah, he could be searching for the tone. Like, if he has the thing set too fast... Um, I forget what you call that in um, auto-tune, but like, there's like a speed setting, essentially. It's like but it's tracking, something else. basically. Yeah, it might be set really fast, so it's like looking for it. I don't know. That song, like another thought I have about that in particular is like, this is the music we deserve for like a, a kind of like Trump folk music. It's supposed to be like this where it's not meant to be dystopian, but it is, you know? Yeah, it, it completely mirrors... Uh, like Trump's entire aesthetic, like the White House Christmas card thing, you know? Yeah. Like just the just tacky horror of it, you know? It's extraordinarily gaudy, but to the guy who made it and who likes Trump, it's completely normal. Yeah, absolutely. But to anyone else, it's it's incomprehensible. Just repulsive. And yeah. repulsive, yeah. Repellent. Yeah. Well, I can't say I'm like... repelled by it because these songs are just rock. The way he makes stuff, it's based on this very specific understanding of music. He's 80 years old, apparently. So he was born in 1940. Yeah. So the bulk of his, like, melodic harmonic knowledge comes from the late 50s, which makes sense because he was in high school then. Yeah, so exactly. So it, it's very, like, Barbershop, um, Everly Brothers kind of stuff but then he also has i guess like a brief period in the 80s where he discovered drum machines yes it's similar to trade martin but he, he has this understanding of like oh my i guess God. drum programming and electric i think he's using keyboards. Yeah. i don't think he's programming all that i just it's I just, very specific I just realized something about this, like Alex, when you're you're saying like late fifties and then and then coming sort of pulling stuff from the eighties and then there's that gap, right? This Akapiti is is basically the ultimate practitioner of uh the weird boomer eighties, fifties retro, right? Yeah, you're right. Like like, he's got the white picket fence 50s, the Reagan 80s, and the Trump 2020s. That's the only times of his life he's ever been uh, in the cultural mainstream. Yeah, no. yeah. I was going to say that. It's like it's it mirrors politics so well because Trump is a product of the 80s, of the Reagan era excess. And then he's also saying make America great again, which is it's implied that that's the 50s. Yeah, and and but this fucked up version of the '50s that's twisted by a horrible VST effect. Yes, and <laughs> and musically, it completely uh, mirrors you know like pop music in the '80s by people who you know were were 
famous in the 60s and 70s, they all kind of retreated into this, oh, we want to get back to our roots. We want to we want to uh, write songs like we heard when we go to the fucking soda shop or whatever. So you just get like, I don't know, shit like Stray Cats and like, I'm trying to think of it. Billy like, Joel was Bill, really into that for a while. Billy Joel, yes, definitely. And shit like center field like the way that center field sounds you know there's it's supposed to be like uh the walk of life by dire straits is a pure oh, yeah. <laughs> pure offender of that so th- that would that's just a more palatable version of what uh john is doing you know yeah i think while we're talking about um the 50s and his like musical um you know like the music that made him i gotta go on a tangent here into some of his facebook posts because i read so much of his facebook um he posted, I mean, all this shit is from July. He posts so much. I read like a hundred posts and it was going back like three weeks, but he was posting like, um, Facebook has recalled this song. I posted here one year ago on July 24th, 2019. Um, I wrote this song in, Oh, the song is called God is not dead. I wrote this song in 1967 to counter the God is dead movement. That was making news. Now, (laughs) 63 years later, I am still singing and praising the living God that saved me from rock and roll on April 7th, 1957. God took away the old heart of stone and gave me a new clean heart of flesh. I recorded this song at my home at age 79, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I was wondering about like April 7th, 1957, so specific. And then he posted again about that date again. He's like, how many remember the old time religion as a former rock and roll musician? I accepted Jesus as my personal savior at age 17 on April 7th, 1957 at Bethany church in Patterson, New Jersey. One year later, 1958, I enrolled in Bible college, blah, blah, blah. And basically he became a minister for 60 years after that. That was the most tragic rock and roll event in the late 1950s. Yeah, he could have been something. The most fateful day. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what set him on that path toward, you know, he didn't make any hits until about 2019, but they're probably much greater than anything he could have done in his prime in the 50s and 60s. It definitely makes sense that that's when I assume he stopped buying records you're listening to the radio yeah. in 1957. Yeah. That makes sense with the chord progressions and stuff he's using. It's also incredible to be like, rock and roll is the devil's music, not in like 67, but in 57 when it was like this plinky, <laughs> shitty crap. Yeah, totally. When it was all just like, come on, sweetie, I want to take you to the store. <laughs> yeah. like, this is quite I want to go to make out point and get yeah. a hamburger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a uh, wild hamburger from a bush. Honey, can I pour your milkshake? It's like five years before like the Beach Boys even. Like it's the most anodyne shit. Yeah. I was reading the uh, Tom Bryan number ones column. I read the whole thing all the way from the start. Oh, wow. And, and that shit is so whack. The stuff that hit number the one in 1958. Yeah. It was, it was so lame. And that's what he loved. What are some uh, examples? Um, Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny Polka Dot Bikini. Ooh, that, that is pretty scandalous. One. That fucking sucks. That's, uh, that it's is, just like that's the music pointing at an underage girl and saying, like, she's yeah. embarrassed of her body. Let's all point at her. I hope she dies. Yeah, what is <laughs> that? She wore like, for the first time today. Yeah, that's some fucked up shit. Everything had the same chord progression, that 50s chord progression. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I love that chord progression and use it frequently. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It comes back to the fifth and goes back to the first and it works. Yeah. I have one more 1950s story to share of his from Facebook. This post was called The Day the Devil Tried to Attack Me. Hell yes. This takes place um, about a year after he gave up rock and roll. In September 1958, when I was 18 years old and in my first year of Bible college in Texas, the devil appeared in my dorm room as a large serpent hissing down on me and coming closer each time. I finally cried out, God help me, and I saw a large hand coming down from the ceiling and crushing the serpent. Then the peace (laughs) of God came over me. This is why I wrote and recorded my song, I Saw the Hand of God. This is so, so he's part of MK Ultra. He was being experimented on by the CIA at that point. Yeah, at this the Bible college because no one would suspect yeah. it. Yeah, he's early MK Ultra uh, 
a test patient. Yeah. It's very odd that that religious experience stuck with him. Because usually people who are prone to converting to another religion or having these sudden epiphanies that they need to change their life, they do it every two years. And everyone they know is like, oh, they're doing it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of an aunt like that. But he, I guess, did this at 17, and it's just still pulsing through his brain. That he um, he had a dream about a serpent. In eight, he's 80 years old, and that's still, like, such him. a driving force in what his psyche. What does he think the it's serpent would have done to him if the hand didn't stop the serpent? Like, presumably that was God's hand. What was the serpent going to do to him? This, you know? The serpent was going to uh, swallow him, and in the belly of the serpent, uh, a leather jacket would fly onto his body and, sun- yeah. <laughs> and sunglasses, and a switchblade would appear in his hand and then he'd be disgorged and he would say hey daddy oh and he'd go out and buy the new like uh like little johnny cowboy hat album or whatever yeah something satanic like just let me hear some of that rock and roll music yes (laughs) he'd get spat out a greaser the serpent was going to give him a critical hit with a bone spear (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he probably had low HP as like a, a level one cleric yeah. at the Bible college. Save versus damnation. Um, in terms of the songs we got queued up here, though, I think we need to return to a theme we kind of touched on earlier that he loves writing songs about whatever he's seeing on Fox News that's a product, you know? Was Waffle House on Fox News? I guess not, but it's just kind of an ongoing kind of thing. Like it... Conservatives love Waffle House for some semi-political reason, right? Like I've never really understood that. Like having been to Waffle House as a con- like Waffle House was always kind of before I went there something I was excited to go eat and and be in. You know, <laughs> like it's just we don't have them here. I was really excited, and then once I experienced Waffle House, I was like, this is dog shit. Like yes. <laughs> this is abs like literal garbage food. Like. What is hey, sometimes if you're 18 years old and you're at Bible college and you're really drunk, then you got to get it. Yeah. But yeah. once you're like 80 years old. When you're drunk on communion know, wine. Yeah. Sometimes when you're 30 and you just played a show in like Little Rock uh, and you're drunk, you, you really want to go to Waffle House and just soak up all the booze. Yeah. Like in uh, theory, I would go there still. I just don't have any reason to, but I would. Yeah, if you're with a bunch of people and they're like, we're going to go to Waffle House, you want to come to Waffle House, and it's like 4 a.m., like, uh, all right. Yeah, I'd do it. But I think, just like all great artists, like, I don't know, you know, Picasso had, like, his different phases. The Beatles had really, like, strictly delineated phases, kind of. John Acapinti had his Waffle House phase, where he just wrote four songs about Waffle House in a row, just kept uploading those to YouTube. So I think we got to get into one of those right now. It's called Hash Browns at the Waffle House. Yes. Okay, everything's fine so far. Yeah, I could I could go for some hash browns when I hear this music. Wait, is this the same song? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I can't remember the last song at all now. It's got the same intro. <laughs> The panning on this is just psychotic. (laughs) It's so cool. I swear he just goes on Google image search and types in Waffle House, takes like 20 images, and then just puts the uh, Ken Burns effect on all of them and just, that's a day. That's a song. (laughs) There's that vibrato again. Oh, God. 
He ran out of pictures and he's kind of looping yeah. three or four of them now. Yeah, there's one we've already seen. We're not even halfway also, through this song. It's amazing. Just Yeah, this is a long one for him. It's over three minutes. Um, <laughs> something else about his songwriting is that the melodies always seem pretty arbitrary, right? Like, I guarantee he writes these words first and then just says the words to a melody, you know? Yep, for sure. The melodies are like so plodding. <laughs> yeah, they're just following the chords. Which is like But like uh, not very well either. Like they're just kinda like meandering with the chord. Yeah, there's That's th- like a barbershop thing. There's no real melodic just, dynamics. <laughs> you're just doing major triads. Yeah. And the melody doesn't really matter because you're singing four notes and it's just I was gonna say all too, he's not even doing whatever chord you're on. He's not doing the major triads because he's just singing one and then having the plug-in take care of it. Who's Pat Warner? Let's join Pat Warner. I don't know. It's the guy who owns Waffle House, I guess. Oh, okay. It's just some doofy-looking guy, but he worships this guy, I guess. (laughs) He mentions him a lot. The guy looks like a thumb. (laughs) Wow. That song rocks. There's a certain innocence to it because men who are 80 years old like going to buffet restaurants. My grandpa is 91. He's going to be 91 this year, and he loves just going to buffet restaurants. It makes him very happy. Even if uh, it's something that, like, I would go to and be, like, overcome with dread. Yes. <laughs> but it's, like, a very simple pleasure for a very old guy. But he's filtering it through this, like, this is how he expresses that. Like, most guys his age would just say, oh, that was a good meal. Yeah. Oh, totally. I, I love going to Waffle House. Oh, it's great. I'm going to fall, is... fall asleep in front of the TV now. Uh, he There's, makes four boomers songs are underrepresented about how good it in is. art. This is what should be on the radio all the time. Yeah, it's it an, is interesting. It's an expression of pure joy. Music. Like there's, yeah, he loves those fucking hash browns. He loves them. He loves being there. He loves the guy that owns Waffle House. Yeah, he's about to like do a human sacrifice to the Waffle House CEO. Yes. He loves the hash brown so much. Yeah, waffle, the end of that song was so good where he's just saying guy. his name again and again. <laughs> I think we should get right into some fresh music from John Occupancy, though. This is the like the latest song he dropped this week. It's called Goya Foods Are the Best. Oh, yeah. It sounds like the Simpsons music, um, Eye on Springfield. (laughs) It totally does. (laughs) Yeah. Which itself was a parody of stock music. Oh, yeah, of like 80s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wonder how he absorbed that. foods are always pure. Let's buy Goya today. Do it without delay. A lot of vibrato on this one. And right now he doesn't have the harmonizer on. It's just like the the single. There it comes. That's that Akapiti sound I love. I would believe that he would buy a bunch of Goya cans. But he's so obsessed with Waffle House. He's not actually going to make food. He just has them because he likes to look at them. And, you know, maybe just in case. You keep them yeah, in he's the supporting Trump by buying Goya. What is going on with this middle brass section here? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a disaster. Goya foods are here. They're selling everywhere. <laughs> Seems like uh, Akapiti's li- li- been listening to some like uh, spiritual jazz, like Ornette Coleman, uh, <laughs> Albert Ayler. Goya today, yes. Let's find Goya today and make sure that you pray. 
Ooh, amid all the Goya uh, images, there was one that said, Jesus is my best friend. <laughs> These are Christian beans. Yeah. <laughs> They've been baptized. Christian beans. Man, he's still got it. He's at the peak of his powers right now. I mean, these are, it's just heat. That, he's dropping heat every time. That fill at the end is amazing. The drums just kind of <laughs> disintegrate. I'm going to hear that again. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, it's literally. Like it's being flushed down a toilet. It's literally, I think, can we listen to it one more time? Because I have a theory about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah thank sure. you. Okay, I got it. It's not really a roll. They're just being like whatever preset it is. It's just they're re-triggering the toms faster and faster. <laughs> so it's like 16th, 30-second notes, and then finally like just a fucking bit crush blur of 64th yeah, notes. It's so like, cool. <laughs> I'm ripping that off. I'm using that on the next operator's track. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, something else we haven't discussed yet is the fact that um, his vocals are always hard panned left. They and sure I'm very are. confident, very confident in my theory that I think he's using just a normal like mono microphone and then recording it into a stereo track. And it's just always appearing on the left because he doesn't know any better. So the right channel is just blank. Yeah, I don't know if it's hard pan left, though. It seems like it's like halfway to the left. Hmm. I think. Huh. My theory is that he has hearing loss in, <laughs> what would it be, like his left ear? He has an uneven hearing, so right. to him it sounds like it's in the center when it's to the left. But it seems so funny to me because in a DAW you can just pan it to zero down the middle and not have to rely on your ears, you know? Yeah, it seems like that would be easier, just putting it in the center. That's I No don't matter know. what the case is, no like. Any of our theories still beg the question of like any normal person would just center it. Like it takes zero seconds to do that. That's that's why this music is like so beguiling. Yeah, it's and so like, elaborate. Like the, the harmonies just, and the instrumentation and the drum programming. Assuming these aren't just pre-made backing tracks, which I don't think and they, they could are. be. They could be. It's possible. I don't know. He's clearly playing some of like the bridge on that last song. He had to be playing that because it was like out of time and shit. Yeah, that was that was just a disaster. But you, if I, Charles, you determined. You think you determined what what DAW he's using, right? Oh, I know for sure. He. I saw him actually say he's using Adobe Audition for sure. Right. Okay. Um, Which I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's using loops. Today. Yeah, I mean, no one, like, no serious musician is going to use Adobe Audition. It sucks. I used to use it in like 2007, a long time ago, because I was looking at what audio software to get, and it's like Adobe. Adobe, that's the the best company. Yeah, I know Photoshop. You, you love yeah. us for pictures. You'll you'll love Photoshop's us for sound. Photoshop's the gold standard, but Adobe Audition sucks. It's it's. It's uh, I was looking it up earlier. It's an update of or like a reskin of something called Cool Edit Pro. <laughs> oh fuck! I used to have Cool Edit Pro. Terrible, terrible software. They, yeah. they just bought that and built on it, and it just stinks. It's worse than like Reaper or software you can get for free. It crashes all the time. It can't handle plugins. I'm gonna start using Adobe Audition for music. And uh, Pro Tools is uh, graphics editor for images. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the smart move. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. The, the panning, I'm I got to pay more attention then if it's like soft panned or hard panned left. Either way, like he clearly just isn't aware of it because if he was, he would change it. That's why like no one ever needs to make this guy aware of anything because he's perfect how he is. You know? Un unless he's totally aware of everything he's doing and it's like a... Uh... You know, this is an aesthetic choice by John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I started out making songs where the vocals were down the center, but it just seemed a little played out. I was singing perfect harmonies on my own, but I was like, what if I made them sound really shitty instead? Maybe his He's singing it at the left, politically. <laughs> so it has to be <laughs> yeah, in the left yeah, speakers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Maybe his monitors aren't, uh, maybe he's just like, maybe he's listening to this back in mono or something and it's like phase canceling. 
when he's like, I don't know. I have no idea. It could be that he's just deaf in one ear entirely. Yes. And he's just listening to it with one earbud. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, maybe he doesn't understand stereo. That's completely possible. Or out of a phone speaker. They didn't have stereo in the late 50s. Oh, wait. Yeah, maybe, you're right. Oh, shit. Maybe he's doing... Maybe he's doing like the yeah, like the late fifties thing of putting all of the drums like on the, or I guess this would have been early sixties, like all of the drums on the left. Every, yeah, that's like everything. once they did have stereo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like early mid sixties. Right, right. Um, I wonder. Should we move on to the next one here? Yes. I think this is a personal favorite, called "Cops for Trump." I think this one speaks for itself. This to me, this is like one of his masterpieces. Some kind of a country flavor. Yeah. Some fiddle. Okay. <laughs> I, I Look, man, I know it's coming, but it always surprises me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Cylon vocals just bust in. That's what I was saying before we started recording that um, structurally these songs are like dubstep because they're all around, they're centered around the drop, you know? That's right. His voice does kind of have that wobble on it. <laughs> it does. <laughs> you could pitch it down an octave and it would be a great bass line. <laughs> They're always on the move They're in the groove Hell yeah <laughs> the more he tries to mix it up with the harmonies, the funnier it gets. <laughs> I know. It takes the software a while to figure out which chord he's on. There's a lag period. And it sounds yeah, great. especially with that key change thing. It's hard to hear the arrangement because it's put through some sort of filter. Yeah, it has a ton of like high end hiss or and just sounds like shit. Like, I don't know if he recorded that to tape. That but it's got like a... harpsichords on it. It's like a song from 1964. The way it's arranged. The high end thing might be a hearing loss thing as well. He might he might be just like cranking the cranking the treble on that shit to just cut through. It's yeah, possible, that could be. yeah. Or like blown out speakers from from the fifties. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's he, EQing for that. He masters this stuff on one of those like uh, Victrola like uh, ceramic record horns. <laughs> you just open the doors and close them to mix it. Yeah, <laughs> I think this song though has it all. Like it's political. It comes from the heart. It's just like real folk music. He's not a cop, though, as far as I know. That seems like stealing valor. He's just trying to express his support for them, I think. Charles, you should read the letter. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that, actually. Yeah, speaking of political stuff, um, on his Facebook, he wrote um, a letter addressed... Oh, this was in 2017, too, when he did this. It's called, Attention, All Millennials! Please take the time to listen to this 77-year-old grandfather. My youngest son is older than you, and I want you to know that you have been lied to, deceived, and betrayed by CNN and the liberal left wing of the Democratic Party. <laughs> CNN was started by an atheist named Ted Turner in 1980. Ooh. His third wife, Jane Fonda, traveled to Hanoi, North Vietnam in 1972 to side with our enemy and to protest our involvement in the Vietnam War. 
While our military was fighting for our freedom and your freedom, she called the members of our military hypocrites and liars. Jane Fonda became a traitor to America, capitalized, and was protected by the liberal media. Recently, CNN was exposed for deliberately lying to you, their viewers, about President Donald Trump and Russia. CNN's producer, John Bonifield, admitted that his boss, Jeff Zucker, the president of CNN Worldwide, told him to lie and make up the stories about President Donald Trump and Russia just to get higher ratings, even though they said they had no proof to back up their lies. This video can be seen on my Facebook page. All of you are old enough to start thinking for yourselves and should not accept the lies of CNN and the mainstream media. I truly care about you and your future, and I am praying for you. Please keep an open mind and open heart and do what is right, not only for yourselves, your families, and your family. Oh, do not only what is right for yourselves, your families, but for America. Thank you, and God bless you and your dear families. Amen. Amen. I'm I'm with him on the RussiaGate stuff, uh, but Hanoi Jane joining the joining the Viet Cong uh, is that's that's hero shit. Yeah, that was yeah, cool. that was cool. It's funny how at the beginning he says, "My youngest grandson is older than is older than you," <laughs> and then he goes on to say, "Millennials love watching CNN." Yeah, that's the main so thing. He's like, the main takeaway from me is he just thinks we watch millennials. CNN. I have no interaction with any millennials. And then he just goes on to make up what he thinks they're doing. <laughs> they're binge watching uh, Anderson Cooper. It makes me think of Branson's theory he was talking about recently of like, uh, when you see like, uh, he was basically referring directly to Lori Moore writing about millennials and being like, uh, like, you know, East Coast kind of people when they complain about millennials and they're like 50 or 60, it's because like their 56 year old friend is dating a 26 year old and that millennial takes the last crostini at dinner. And then they're like, why are millennials always taking the last crostini? You know, is this right. kind of same thing here where I feel like he's like, my youngest son is older than you, but I'm just getting the feeling that his youngest son watches CNN. Mm-hmm. And like, he's like, why does he watch CNN instead of Fox News? Why are these millennials watching CNN? You know, yeah, his youngest son is 52. Yeah, exactly. This must be what millennials are like. It's funny that they're saying they were fighting in Vietnam for your freedom. Yeah. Yeah. They're how just on earth still you... saying that. Yeah, that's unbelievable that's... to like believe that in, in 2020. It's amazing. It's amazing. And they lost it's... too. Yeah, no, it's lost, good that we succeeded. So we we succeeded in securing our freedoms for some reason. Yeah, your, your freedom from ever having to go back to Vietnam. Yeah, imagine if we didn't have that pointless war, how bad it would be in America today. We would all be communists and atheists, and Jane Fonda would be president. For life. Oh, I saw one other thing he posted was uh, one of those t-shirts, Alex, that you once, uh, what do you call those? You wrote an article once for uh, the outline about him. Like the, the algorithmically t-shirts, yeah, like algorithmically generated Facebook t-shirts. Let me find it. Um, like, that's like I am a Pisces who loves the police, and you better believe I'm going to drink my milk, kind of. Yeah, it's exactly that stuff. This, so the one he posted, it said this. Um, it is a picture of a knight kneeling on uh, like one knee and holding his sword, and it says, "I am a son of God. I was born in November." My scars tell a story. They are a reminder of time when life tried to break me but failed. Wow. <laughs> I have so much respect for November guys. I would never mess with the November guy because you know, <laughs> based on those shirts, they would fuck you up. That's a cold month to be born in, you know? You, gotta, you learn to struggle from an early age. Maybe we can get all these old Trump boomers into astrology so it's like less damaging. That would be amazing. Use those shirts as like the pivot. Like, oh, you're born in November? Let me tell you about your stars. Although this guy's so Christian that it's just not going to take. Yeah, he's very Christian still. I think we should uh, enjoy another political song of his. Yeah. This one, this might be his best song title of all time. This one's called Black Lives and All Lives Matter. (laughs) He solved it. Yeah, he did. Ooh, this one kind of rocks. Oh, there's Obama. Yeah, very quick fade on his face. 
Black Lives Matter this we Whoa. cannot deny. <laughs> it's so tragic that many had to die. These facts we cannot doubt. There is no need to shout. Make sure the right message is getting out. Jesus said that all lives matter, he included everyone. He told us to have love because he was God's son. Jesus loves every person, man in yellow, black and white. They are all precious in red his and sight. Red and yellow. <laughs> Jeez. The other races. All lives matter, no matter what the race. Let's face the fact that love we must embrace. Live in harmony, this hate is all in uh-huh. pain. Have faith today yes. and stop all this pain. Jesus said that all lives matter. He this is one of his most melodically complex compositions. Yeah, I'd agree. Because he was God's son. Jesus loves every person, red and yellow, black and white. They are all precious. It went by really quick, but there was a picture of a guy, (laughs) a white guy with like a basic Hanes t-shirt written on it with marker. I'm white and I can't breathe either, but he spelled breathe breath. (laughs) I think that guy can't breath because uh, he has like like, uh, morbid obesity related health issues. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. I can't breathe either. Okay. why is that? Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe you should get that checked out, dude. <laughs> Do you have asthma? What are you talking about? Yeah. I feel like the memes... Oh, there's the Iwo Jima meme. Nice. I feel like the memes in this are uh, a little more aggressive than his previous ones. You know? Like, yeah. I don't think but he... Again, I- meant to put the, the the super racist memes in there but uh i think they just ended up in there anyway that's what i was thinking too is he just doesn't know any better and he's just like google image searching this shit like all lives matter you know like like i was saying earlier he's he's so pure like he just watches fox news all the time you can tell like he doesn't go on q on shit he doesn't know anything about the internet he's like normal racist where like he's just racist because he's never questioned his attitudes ever yes. and doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about has never thought about this shit but he's not like veer, like it's like the ignorant passive kind of racism you know what i mean well, he also yeah, has it's the- like a, a guy who says i'm not racist yeah i don't exactly. care if you're black or red or, or the, you're yellow, yellow or red or, <laughs> yeah jesus Christ. Yeah. um yeah i mean he's got the he's got the confidence of uh of a like a christian you know where, yeah. where he's just like, I am a moral and good person. I believe in Jesus Christ, and uh, of course, all lives matter. Uh, here's a here's a meme of Fry squinting and a bunch of racist shit behind it. You know. Yep, I have a good um, Facebook post that dovetails with this one. I think this is one where he's just telling a story from his day. Um, he was like, I stopped at our local McDonald's today for breakfast. After ordering, I started to pay, and a man said, I got this. And he slid his credit card into the machine and paid for my breakfast. I asked him, why? He said, I come here every day and do this for somebody. I thanked him and said, God bless you, and told him I was a retired minister. Uh, He shook my hand and said, I am a black businessman. God (laughs) bless you, too. When I sat down to eat, tears came to my eyes because I never received anything from anyone. God bless this black man for being so kind and not being bigoted against this 80-year-old white man. Wow. He never received anything from anyone? From anyone in No one years. bought him a lunch I like in the his guy entire who just, life? Who walks up, I am a black businessman. You can tell the story's fake because... You can see he's black in real life. You don't. He doesn't need to say I'm black. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it only makes sense in the text. That's so weird. A black guy came up and bought me breakfast. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm not racist. 
This is him working through his issues. This is like a, like a fantasy, a dream that he's having, you know? It's how he wishes things were. <laughs> what if they pulled up their pants and did good things? Like, gave me free money. <laughs> Man, there's a lot more good Facebook stuff here. I gotta kind of sift through a few of these. I wanted, um, You should read the David and Goliath one, because that's a real head-scratcher. Uh, let me see. I don't have it pulled up right now. Uh, no, I got it, man. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, humble pie is not a popular dessert by... Oh, desert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Humble pie is not a popular desert by John D. Acapinti, uh, Christian counselor. <clears throat> is bigger better? Is louder really prudent? The arrogant Joe Blow from Windy City says he is bigger than most and therefore can do as he pleases. Uh, evidently, Joe forgot what a 12-year-old boy named David did to a 10-foot-tall bully named Goliath. Possibly, Joe has never seen a 5-foot-tall, 120-pound Oriental man, and Oriental is capitalized, and so is man. Possibly Joe has never seen a five foot tall, 120 pound Oriental man flip a 300 pound ragamuffin bully. Exclamation point. Uh, no idea what this is referring I to. I don't. <laughs> Who is Joe Blow from the Windy City? Blow is That's spelled no Chicago. Idea. Blow is spelled B L O E. You know Joe Blow from uh, from Chicago. If he anyone had commented to... on this, then we could figure it out maybe. But there's zero comments and one like. So. Is it like a letter to the editor? That he's responding to? I don't know. Is he thought, talking about Joe Biden? I think he's talking about Joe Biden. That that's the, uh, uh, but I'm not really sure who Biden is supposed to be in that. I don't think so because he's okay. He's he's actually like reposting something he wrote in 2017. So I don't think that Biden was like important enough in like Fox News world in 2017 for him to be. Or why would he? Be, I, I have no fucking idea what that's about. Joe Blow from the Windy City. He actually has a string of Facebook posts, though, that, like, hint at some weird, like, latent egomania that I think is really interesting. Um, the first one that caught my eye, he's like, I am often asked, who is your publisher? I do not have a publisher because there are no gospel quartets or gospel singing groups that were ever interested in using any of the thousands of gospel songs I have written. Obviously, none of my original music has been good enough for any gospel group oh to ever want to use them. So I publish my original music freely on the Internet to people all around the world. We got a frustrated genius here, you know? Yeah. And then it gets much better, I think. Um, so this is like a two part thing where the first one's really cryptic and the second one, he kind of comes forward with it. He's like, have you ever given a gift to someone and you never received a thank you? Have you helped someone in need financially and never received a thank you? If someone wrote and recorded a special song about you, would you take the time to thank them? Think about this, and you would be shocked to hear about a lack of a thank you from professing Christians. Mm. More information will follow as the many people involved will be given more time to think about this. Is this Note, about his son? Just a little thank you goes a long way. Yeah, so you would think it's something like that, right? Yeah, so then yeah. that one actually had, there was actual comments on that one of people saying things like this, like, I have been remiss in conveying my personal thanks to you, Brother John. Please allow me to make amends now. Thank you for the wonderful gospel and patriotic songs you have freely shared throughout your lifetime. Like his friends are like really coming in for him. Like, oh, here you go. Thank you. Is yeah, this what yeah. you wanted? You know? Um, but then a couple days later, he posts announcement. When I posted a <laughs> message here a few days ago about certain people who never sent me a thank you. This had nothing to do with the 5,000 friends I have here on Facebook. This is about the five multi-billionaire businessmen that received CDs and DVDs of the special songs that I wrote and recorded for them and their businesses. These five men are not only multi-millionaires. Oh, I guess they're millionaires. Sorry, not billionaires. But yeah. these five men are not only multi-millionaires. But they all profess to be born-again Christians. Without naming them, you can scroll back on my Facebook page and actually hear and see the videos of the songs that I wrote and recorded for them and their businesses. As I previously said, just a little thank you goes a long way. 
Wow. So Waffle House Pat just threw his uh, fucking CDR in the deep fryer, basically, without listening. Exactly. To it. Like that was. <laughs> it sounded like a fun little ditty, but it was actually like desperate cry for like acknowledge me and give me money. Holy shit. <laughs> Uh, he sent a demo CD to Phil Spector, but he was in jail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's actually one more that's kind of along those lines that I think is pretty good, where he's like, the disgraced NFL wants to play the Black National Anthem before each football game. Instead of, instead of this debacle, I am proposing that this song, God Bless America, also be played and sung uh, after the National Anthem is performed. This song that I wrote and recorded will help to make this a reality. <laughs> <laughs> he wants the NFL to play his song at every game. That's amazing. Yeah, he's a lunatic. What is it? Does he have a family or is he alone? I have no idea. His son's too busy watching CNN. Like, does he have a wife wanna... who's just, just like driving him to Waffle House, and then he comes home and spends eight hours in the other room, being like, "Waffle House has great <laughs> food." <laughs> <laughs> and she has to tell him that it's amazing. That was probably the best impression of his music anyone could do without effects. That was really good. That <laughs> was you. actually really good. Man. I think in terms of talking about his effects and stuff, we got to listen to this one. This is one of the only other hints we have about how he discovered these vocal effects. It's like the second thing he ever posted on YouTube like a few years back. It's called Did You Hug Your Child Today? Sung by the Chipmunks. This was and it's him trying to do like a chipmunks Alvin and the chipmunks effect on the vocals. It's clearly like the early version of the same effect he always uses. And this one has even more like high end hiss than any of the others. Yeah. This is just borderline like my bloody Valentine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like animal collective dance manatee where there's just tons of trouble. This one's a whole different kind of demonic. He's using kind of weird pictures of the Alvin and the Chipmunks. Like one of them was an anime drawing. Like I think he's... Oh, this one's in Chinese. Oh, this is Chinese knockoff merchandise where the eyes are all fucked up. <laughs> yeah. There's a chance we could see some DeviantArt Alvin and the Chipmunks porn. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's not looking at the images. He really isn't. Do you think, do you think Alvin the Chipmunk smokes weed? <laughs> he oh, kind of looks sure. like it in a lot Alvin of his pictures. Alvin definitely does. That's why they're always yelling at him. Wait, how many of these movies are there? There's a lot, dude. There's the Squeakquel. There's Chipwrecked. Oh, this one's a blingy. This music is fucking yeah. satanic. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like, this shit is insane. Yeah, it seems like he just recorded at normal speed and then pitched it up, which isn't yeah, how you so. do it. Yeah. Like pitch. And they got that effect in 1958, so it's not like it's undoable. You just record it slow and then speed the tape up. Wait a second, I gotta go back for a second here. Uh, is Theodore left-handed? Yeah. Yeah, he is. There you go. Damn, that's crazy. You heard it here first, guys. It's kind of fucked up that the chipettes never got really put on. They were always just like the openers for them, it seems like. Totally sidelined. Yeah. Fucking toxic misogyny at work here, Alvin. That's right. It's not confined to humans, folks. Chipmunks can be misogynist too. This is like his longest song too. Holy shit! Yeah, it's punishing. It's just yeah. This has been going on for a couple okay. Hours I feel like you've heard now. enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, my brain is leaking out my ear. But I think that teaches us something about how he learned to use like the pitch shifting effect. Yeah, I think you're right. Really I think he stumbled Lord. on that and then and then, you know, honed his craft afterwards. 
That was like uh, that was like you know Jesus and Mary Chain um, plugging into a broken uh, fuzz pedal and and being like, yes, this is it. This is our sound. Yeah, he just found it. That was that moment of discovery. I think I have just one more thing that I wanted to like bring up of his politics are clearly so like skin deep and superficial and just inherited from Fox news. Cause he had a post that was, who are the real heroes? The real heroes are not the overpaid athletes and Hollywood celebrities. The real heroes are the underpaid police, firemen, EMTs, members of our military, school teachers and workers who prepare our food and those who work in hospitals and nursing homes. Mm-hmm. It's like you could you could turn this guy into a socialist by just framing it in arguments he's never heard before and he'll just be completely on board, right? Like you can, Yeah, you know what? You're right. Teachers and nurses are underpaid. You could turn this guy into a socialist by basically like putting like the Fox logo on uh getting him a Means TV subscription and just replacing the Means TV logo with the Fox logo. Yeah, and then give him a my pillow ad every like seven minutes. Yeah, because he's like he is a completely pure reactive being. Like the programming hits him, the ideas hit him. Uh, like a plant absorbs sunlight, he uh, absorbs that and then converts it immediately into a song where he's just singing. He's literally just singing about what he's seeing. You know, like that's why he's a true like folk poet. You know, yeah, he's like logging it on Foursquare. Except he's making four songs about it. I feel like there's so much more to know about this guy. So much more. I mean, hopefully we got a lot of hits coming. I mean, he's still cranking them out, and I think he's at the top of his game. So if there's nothing else to touch on, maybe we should play ourselves out with his song, Proud to be an American. I would like that. I want to hear that. There's some buzz about replacing the national anthem because it's racist. And I think we should do this written by a non-racist it's got that timeless sound there it is i'm so proud that america still is free yes i i'm thinking about how proud this song makes me and just thinking that dan probably feels like shit right now i do I feel like shit i just want my freedom back man if i was born in any other country i'd kill myself <laughs> I'm about to break quarantine and move to America. You're gonna illegally cross the border, and Trump's gonna dispatch you. Actually, you I'm know, moving to Florida. Ironically, I think I think I could just go to America right now. It's just I wouldn't be able to get back in to Canada. So. Yeah. <laughs> So proud of the USA, America. It's showing 9 <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. But also, like, it's crazy that it's not ironic, you know? No, it's just pictures of America and stuff that happened to it. <laughs> yeah. I brought this up before we started recording, but I'm going to... I want to say it again, Charles, have you considered that this is a PSYOP directed specifically at you and your brain? I think it, there's a very good chance of that. The world is just starting to conform to whatever I want it to be. It's true. We did will that musical festival, uh, that music festival into uh, existence. Yeah, Trapped and Smash Mouth and all them are playing. What, is that this month or next month? It's this month, I think. In Night Ranger. Should, we, got, yeah. we got to go out there to that show. Masks are encouraged, but not required. <laughs> Do you at the festival? To live in this land, knowing that we can hold each other's hands. Oh, God. It's funny because he's singing these, you know, like naive and chi- almost childish and hopeful lyrics and then the imagery in the background is just punishing they're just like screaming at you basically yeah <laughs> Life- oh there's Benghazi oh yeah Benghazi nice probably the worst thing that ever happened to America yeah the most yeah. Americans that ever died in one day yeah. it's cool that Libya is totally okay now <laughs> We fixed yeah. it. Yeah. 
Trump fixed it. Trump fixed Libya. The American people uh, should be happy. As a non-American, uh, I wish Canada had, you know, like a, a scribe of, of culture like you guys have in Jack, John Acapinti. Like, imagine, <laughs> imagine John Acapinti's uh, data is the only thing that survives the E-Holocaust. <laughs> And future future civilizations have to piece together uh, this moment in history through just uh, John Acapiti songs. Yeah, people in 2020 really like Donald Trump, Waffle House, Goya Beans. Painting the vocals hard left. And, uh, yeah, maybe humans only had one ear on the left side of their head. It yeah. would make sense looking back at this and you see Donald Trump and then you see this music. This was the music we listened to. It makes more sense than seeing Donald Trump and then seeing like... Ariana Grande. Yeah. Oh, I agree 100%. That's kind of like what I was saying earlier of just, this is the music we deserve for the Trump era. The, the specific type of like dystopian weird feel of it. Yeah. This is John Ocopiti is the most cyberpunk thing I've, I've heard in a really long time. Like this blows any like sort of vaporwave stuff or whatever, like the like synth wave shit out of the, out of the water. This is true future music. Yeah, he's like the Velvet Underground where all of his videos only have about 82 views, but all 82 of those people started a band where they sound like he does. So I think in about 10 years, he's going to be one of the biggest influences on everybody in the game. Taylor Swift is going to call him up and ask for the vocal effect. And also Daniel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just remember we called it here first. That's right. This is, the, this is our generation's white light, white heat. And uh, if you sleep on this, you're missing out. America, America, I love this land of liberty. I'm so proud.